You can tell Kathy's excited. <laughs> so am I. I just have a different way of expressing it sometimes. Uh, but it is. Uh, it was nice to be out there on Friday to hear that machine running. It wasn't so nice when they decided, you know, let's just hold off. Uh, but it tells us that it's there, it's ready. And uh, we just covet your prayers, as Kathy has mentioned, to uh, help us. And uh, Sheldon Dick, who is our project manager, as he uh, sort of oversees this whole big, uh, extensive, uh, larger-than-life project that we uh, feel that the Lord has asked us to undertake. It's interesting, as I look in Scripture, um, as Kathy was sharing, uh, even there this morning, I I sometimes wrestle with with what the Lord's given me. Is that really what I should be sharing? I don't know whether Danny's ever been in that position or not, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a fearful thing to stand up here. And to present or to share what God has laid on our hearts and to do it properly and to do it uh, with wisdom. Uh, But I pray that what is shared this morning is for you. And uh, I want to do something. I understand. I I did check with Danny. He has done this here before. Uh, but uh, we've done it at camp, uh, pretty well every chapel during uh, high school camp. And that is, you take your Bible, and this is the living and active Word of God. Remember, did Danny do this with you? Okay, grab your Bible. If it's electronic, that's fine. If, uh, if it's all in your head, well, I guess you could stand up. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, this is God's Word. It is living and active. And it is for me today. Now I'm going to add this. Do you believe it? Okay. So we want to look into God's word this morning. The passage that was read to you was in First Chronicles chapter 28. And uh, the background to this, uh, I'm glad uh, Matt read verse 1. But uh, really the background goes way back to chapter 22. And chapter 22 is actually an expanded uh, version of this chapter. But then from chapter 23, 24, uh, right up to end of chapter 27 is really a census or really a a listing of names. And uh, if you're like me, when you get to Scripture and you start reading and you see all these names, well, we skip over that and we go... It would be important for you sometime maybe to read that, to realize that there were a lot of people in verse 1 of chapter 28 when it says that David summoned all the officials of the land of Israel to Jerusalem. Basically, chapter 24 or 23 right through to the end of chapter 27 is a listing of those names and who, they, what was in, who was in charge of what and so on. So these were the officials that David has summoned to Jerusalem. Why did he summon them? Well, if you went back into chapter 22, you would, and actually we'll see even in this 
chapter of 28. He summoned them because he was about ready to hand over the building plans of the temple to his son Solomon. See, David longed to bring the temple to a reality in Jerusalem. God had given him the plans. God had given him the desire to bring the Ark of the Covenant into a permanent dwelling place. And yet God said to him, you're a man of blood. You have shed blood, so you will not build the temple. But your son Solomon is the one I have chosen, because he's a man of peace, a man of rest. And so David is summoning and inviting all the officials, and basically it was a public um, handing over of the blueprints of the temple to a son Solomon. That being said, if you read both in chapter 22 and later on in this passage, David says to the crowd that Solomon is inexperienced. And so because of that, chapter 22 makes it really clear that David had done extensive preparations for the temple. He had gathered the stones. He had got the stamp drawings. Boy, that sounds familiar. Uh, he had... He, he had everything in place, and yet God said, you're not to build the temple. Solomon will. And I want to look this morning at what David was actually saying to this crowd, this group of officials that had supported him, that had encouraged him, that had stood beside him uh, to give peace to Israel as well as what he has said to his son Solomon. So starting in verse 8, starting at verse 8, so now I charge you, this is to the, all the officials, this isn't specifically to Solomon, this is to everyone gathered there, this is to you, the church, gathered here this morning. So now I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord, And in the hearing of our God, he's making it really, really clear that this is important. This is, I'm doing this in the sight of God for your sake. I charge you. I implore you. And this is what he says. Be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. Be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. I wonder if David was thinking back to the Bathsheba situation where God had made it really clear that 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 was wrong. But yet he did his own thing. He stayed on that rooftop. He didn't go to battle when he had when he was supposed to as a king. 
I'm wondering whether that was what he is thinking when he says, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. He knows what happens when you don't. David knew because of things in his own life. This is what he is charging all those officials. Be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. How do you do that? How do you follow all the commands of God? Well, first, you have to know them. And you have to know them. And how do you get to know them? You get to know them by getting into this word. That's why it's living and it's active. And it's for me today. Okay? It doesn't, it's not for me yesterday. Well, yes, it was. But yesterday has already come and gone. It's not something that, well, I'll pick up in a month's time. No, it's something for me today. So my challenge to myself and to you is, how often are you in God's word? How much of God's commands do you know? Oh, yeah, some of them are hard. Love your enemies. We can all probably, when we say that, all of a sudden think of that one individual. Maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a workmate, maybe it's a school chum. Well, I guess if it's a love your enemies, it's not a chum, but you know what I mean. Okay, it's somebody in school uh, that you wouldn't necessarily associate with, and you usually would maybe walk the other side of the hallway to or, or whatever. But God's word says, love those type of people. That's not easy. And yet, it's a command of God. And so I wonder what it, would, what it would mean if I was David and you were the officials and uh, you're hearing this for the first time. And it says, be careful to do or obey all the commands of the Lord your God. Not the commands that I'm giving you. This is the Lord your God, the God of Israel, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham. Be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. That's, the, that's what he challenged this group of officials. This is before he hands over the reins and hands over the plans to Solomon. Really, I think what he's saying is what Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourselves approved unto God. Okay? Uh, where you rightly divide the word of truth. I think that's really maybe the New Testament phrase that what David was saying to the people of Israel. And when we do that, we can preach the word. We can preach it with authority. We can preach it knowing that it has power and it has authority. It is living, it is active, and it is for me today. So don't be ashamed of God's word. Don't be ashamed to, uh, as we were encouraging our staff, to take five. That is, try, try five minutes 
in God's word every day. Start with five. You'll find that five isn't enough very shortly. And so then you'll go to seven, maybe 10, maybe 15, and it becomes living and active, and you start to know the commands of the Lord your God. I guess I have to pause here to say it is for the Lord your God. If you are not a believer here this morning, then uh, first and foremost, you need to make him the Lord your God. Make him the king of your life, the savior. We've sung about it. The grace uh, that Kathy sang about is available to each and every one of us to make him the Lord of our lives. And then he will give us that grace. He will give us that desire to get into his word because that's the communication. That's, that's the love letter that our king, our savior, has given to us to understand what his commands are for us to live a life. David goes on and he says, you do this for two reasons. One, to possess the land, and two, to pass it on. To possess the land and to pass it on. What is he talking about? Well, uh, I think in the Old Testament time, that would mean... Uh, you know, that you're going to possess. God told the Israelites there to go into Canaan and take over the land, to uh, uh, remove all those that are uh, idol worshipers and that sort of thing, possess the land, own the land, but then be faithful and to pass it on to the next generations. How does that relate to you and I? I think passing it on, or or, sorry, uh, possessing the land... When we follow all the commands of the Lord our God, we possess uh, a power, we possess uh, a desire to see, can I say, Killarney one for Jesus Christ. That's possessing the land, sharing it without being ashamed of what God's word uh, is. There's a lot of people now that sort of hide that they're believers because, well, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't, I don't want to be laughed at. That's not possessing the land. Possessing the land is being confident that God's word is alive and active and that you can share it unashamedly with your neighbor, with your workmate, maybe even with your family members who uh, might think you're a little on the extreme side, (laughs) and yet you're on God's side. Don't be ashamed of that. Possess the land. Win the lost. Influence your community here in Killarney and surrounding area for Christ. But it starts by knowing the commands of the Lord your God. Secondly, you were to, it would be to pass it on. That is, leaving a legacy, leaving a, um, an inheritance that is God-honoring, leaving an inheritance that magnifies the name and the word of God so that when a next generation or two or three generations down the road, they, they look back 
and they can say, I remember grandma or grandpa or even my mom and my dad being so true to the word of God. How many of you have family members, I know we do, who uh, grew up in a strong Christian environment but are now wavering? Where would they be if it wasn't first and foremost a strong Christian, Bible-believing basis? They might not even be wavering. They'd be way off the deep end. So it's important to have this foundation, and I believe that's what it means when you pass it on. You're laying a foundation that is strong and that is built on the Word of God. So that's his charge to the people of Israel. To follow all the commands of the Lord their God so that they would be able to possess the land and pass it on to future generations. In other words, they were to preach the word. But then David turns to his son Solomon in verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, I wonder what those words would have felt like. This is a king, a very beloved king, and now he turns to his son Solomon. Gives me the mentality that Solomon was standing before, beside him when he's charging the people. So Solomon has also heard this charge to all the leaders to follow the commands of the Lord their gods. So it wasn't only to them, it was also to Solomon. And what does he say to Solomon? First off, he says, acknowledge the God of your father. Acknowledge the God of your father. I don't know your family backgrounds. That if someone uh, as a king would come to you and say, I want you to acknowledge the God of your father, what would that God look like? (laughs) Solomon knew what he meant. This was the God that gave him the strength to defeat Goliath. This was the God that preserved him when Saul chased him for years after years after years. This was the God that um, allowed him to bring Israel peace from his surrounding enemies. This was the God that Solomon understood was the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God Yahweh. So when David turns to Solomon and says, acknowledge the God of your father, he wasn't talking small g God. This was capital God. This was the almighty, the I am Acknowledge Yahweh. And I take that to see pray always. Acknowledge God in the good times, which sometimes we forget to do because they are good times. 
Matt's already made reference to this year of farming. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that can ripple through this congregation and many others in this southern part of the province. Uh, farming has not been easy this year, especially the harvest side of it. But do you acknowledge God in it? Acknowledge God. Pray always. Pray first response, as we say at camp. Make prayer a priority. Bring God into every situation. Acknowledge God. And then he says this, and serve him, that is God, with a wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. So you're not only going to acknowledge God, you're going to serve him wholeheartedly. Not half-heartedly, not uh, with, well, I'll do it tomorrow, but I'm going to do it wholeheartedly, with loyal devotion, with a loyal heart. I call this practice. Practice what, what you know. And as you practice what you know, and as you follow all the commands of the Lord your God, and a new thought or a, a new challenge comes up, a new truth, you put that into practice as well. And the more you practice, the better you get. Archery, I think, is one of the greatest uh, things at camp. It's simple. Really, all you do is you just put that arrow on the string, you pull it back, and you you fire it, right? Well, that's true if you want to go chasing your arrow (laughs) through the bush or or whatever. Uh, There's a certain stance. There's a certain way you knock that arrow. There's a certain way you pull it back and always come to that uh, knock point. So that consistency and practice, once you know the basics, makes you good. And once you get good, the more you practice, you get better. Eventually, you could be a limp, uh, an Olympian, because or, or, it's all practice, once you know the basics. And I think that's true of God's word as well. The more we practice it, the better we get. Well, not in and of ourselves. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it has nothing to do with us. It, it has to do with the Spirit of God working and challenging us to keep on keeping on. Practice. So serve the Lord your God. Put into practice that which you know of the commands of the Lord. And I think that practice is best uh, served within the local body of believers. There are many things to do within, within the body. Standing at the back, handing out bulletins, is a simple way to get involved. Greeting people, uh, 
finding a way to serve within the church. Because if you can learn to serve within the body of believers, then that overflows out into the community and we become a very strong united force out there because we've learned to love one another within the church and to serve one another within the church or the body of believers. It doesn't have to be just within this church. There's other churches in town that can use help at different times with either VBS or whatever, and I won't get into all of that. But the idea is serve the Lord your God. What God has laid on your heart to do, he will equip you to do and do it. Because that's really the third thing that David says to Solomon. Right at the end of what Matt read for us. Verse 10. Consider now the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. I think David knew that it's going to take perseverance to do this work. If he was thinking back on Moses' life, just think of the perseverance of Moses leading the people of Israel. One moment they're following him happy and excited that God has led them through the Red Sea. The very next moment they're grumbling and complaining. The next moment they're happy because water has spewed out of the rock and the very next day they're angry and upset and ready to stone him. Up and down, up and down, and yet Moses persevered through the good, the bad, and David persevered too. How many, how would you feel after years of running from King Saul, would you really feel like taking over? (laughs) You're exhausted. But Saul has passed away, and now you're king. David persevered through all of those, even through a time where he's living with his enemies in the Philistines. David persevered. And here David says, be strong and do the work. I know you can do it, Solomon. I know you can because you're going to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. And when you follow them, the strength is not your own. The strength is God's. So follow all the commands of the Lord your God. I know you can do it, Solomon, because you're going to acknowledge God. And when you acknowledge God, God's going to do some amazing things. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the ability to think through the, the plans and think through how to uh, uh, use every person that is going to help you build this temple. Because you're going to acknowledge God, you can do it. You can do it, Solomon, because when you serve the Lord your God... It's not serving the people. You're serving the God who is actually going to build the temple through you. 
We're in the midst of a major building program out of camp, as you are aware, and you've been aware for uh, the last number of years. And as Kathy said, and as I uh, said at the beginning, on Friday we actually had the backhoe there. It was revving its engine. It was ready to dig, but they decided because of rain coming this weekend, they would not dig uh, for the sake of trucks and everything come Monday morning. And uh, looking at the way the weather went this weekend, probably a right choice. Disappointing choice for us because we were already snap those pictures and say we've started. That would have been a great way to start this service to say we've started. But that being all said, we're in this building program. And it would be very easy for us to start patting ourselves on the back and, and say we've made it. Thank you, Sheldon, for pushing and, and these last three weeks that you've just really pushed to get us to this point and everything. Okay, we'll take it from here. And as soon as we start doing that, what does David say to Solomon in the middle of this passage that we've read? He says this, that the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. That's sobering. We pray strongly that we do not forget that the building that is going up out at Turtle Mountain Bible Camp is a building that God has called us to build. It is God's building. God needs to build it. He's going to use people like myself and Sheldon and some of you in various ways through prayer, through giving, through, through help, whatever. But God is going to build what he wants built at Turtle Mountain Bible Camp. We're excited. We're excited that he's called us to that team to be there. He's called you as a supporting church to be on on side with us and to watch this take place. In a sense, we're Solomon. In a sense, uh, it's been handed over to us to do the building And I'm like Solomon. I'm inexperienced. But I know a God that is more experienced, is faithful. I know a God who is desiring to see ministry happen. And so that God is the God of Turtle Mountain Bible Camp. He's the God of Killarney M.B., here at Bay Avenue. He's, he's the God that has called us to follow him, follow his commands, to serve him, to acknowledge him, and lastly, to do the work. So my challenge, let's do the work. Let's be faithful. First, to follow all the commands that he has given us. 
Secondly, to serve him wholeheartedly. Or sorry, to acknowledge him in everything. Everything. Good, bad, the unknown times. Acknowledge him. Thirdly, serve him. Be faithful. Serve him. And finally, let's do the work. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the lessons that we can, we can take and we can understand that even though they happened many, many, many years ago, there is truth for them even here for us now because your word is living and active and it is for us today. So Father, help us to take these, these thoughts and help us to Put them into practice so that, Father, as we persevere, as we be faithful to your word, your spirit can work. And, Father, we can possess this land. We can possess Killarney for your name. In Jesus' name, amen.